0: in true educator form, even though we know what a feast is, <laughs> I looked up the definition to see not just what it is, but why it is that we celebrate feasts. Why do we have the need to just, when we celebrate, get together and eat and celebrate, you know, communally as a community. It says a feast, also called a festival, is a day or period set aside to commemorate ritually ritually celebrate or reenact or anticipate events or seasons, agricultural, religious, or socio-cultural, that give meaning and cohesiveness to an individual and to the religious, political, or socio-economic community. Because such days or periods are generally originated in religious celebrations or ritual commemorations that usually included sacred community meals, they are called feasts or festivals. So we have feasts for a variety of reasons. It's to remember something, something that we've been through. I mean, you think about things like Easter, Christmas, um, why people celebrate Hanukkah, why we celebrate um, the Fourth of July. Why do we get together and celebrate that? It's because we've been through something, and we don't want to forget what we've been through. We want to honor that, and we want to celebrate how we got out of that, right? So that's why we have feasts, is to remember something, to get together, uh, break the cycle of the every day. I don't know about you, but every day gets a little bit I get a little bit wary day after day in the same thing same thing same thing how many of you look forward to holidays every time you have one thank god for labor day memorial day all those holidays martin luther king jr day all celebrated for amazing reasons but how many of you are just like thank god for a day off you know that's i mean that is me i am guilty of that um but they they come for a purpose. We have a purpose for these celebrations, for these holidays. And it's to remember, it's to get together, celebrate something, honor someone. And that's why we have them, and to break the cycle. Um, So what does a festival or a feast do in our minds? Like, why do we keep doing it? What, What does it make us do? How does it make us think? Why do we keep doing it over and over again? Um, And so I looked up some articles about uh, religious feasts in the Bible and their significance. And this um, historian says, by their very nature, feasts and festivals are special times. They're times set aside that break the habits of your everyday breakfast, lunch, dinner. This is something special. How many of us actually eat three meals a day on, like, Thanksgiving? No, because it's separate. It's something different. It's bigger. It's to honor something bigger than what we do every day, right? Um, Special times, not just in the sense that they are extraordinary occasions, but more so in the sense that they are separate from ordinary times. So it's not the every day. It's something that breaks that cycle of every day. It's like a Step out of time, you know. You you forsake time. I don't know about. You. I don't pay attention to time on holidays. Who cares what time you get up and what time you eat? You're just, you know, you break the you break your schedule. You know, your everyday. Um, they are separate from ordinary times, according to that person, a Romanian American historian of religion. Festival time is sacred. It participates in the transcendent or the supernatural realm in which the patterns of man's religious, social, or cultural institutions and activities were or are established. So that means we have feasts, we have these celebrations because they're above. They're above what we do every day. They're outside of the norm. And that's why we like them so much because they break that cycle of everyday mundane things that we get tired of, right? Um, So they transcend natural time. They transcend our natural realm. They transcend the world that we're in, and they go beyond. Um, Through ritualistic reenactment of the events that inform man about his origin, identity, and destiny, a participant in a festival identifies himself with the sacred time. How many of you thought that something like um, Memorial Day revealed something about your origin, identity, and destiny? I never thought anything about that. I mean, I knew we were supposed to remember something, but I never thought, where did I come from? Where am I headed to? You know, but these are, that's why we celebrate these things is because they remind us of something. And they take us forward to something else. It's deeper than every day. It says a religious man feels the need to plunge periodically into this sacred and indestructible time. For him, it is sacred time that makes possible the other time, ordinary time, the profane duration in which every human life takes takes its course. That means pretty much we celebrate this day every year. Yes, tomorrow will come, and it's not going to be the same. We're going to have to go back to the dreary every day of work and school and... Whatever we do, doing the laundry, got to make a meal for tonight, meal prep, whatever you do, baking cookies for bake sale, you know, all that stuff. We got to do it tomorrow, but for some reason, that day every year is going to come, and it's going to change the every day that we have. That same day that, that we commemorate, that we consider separate, is going to come every year, and it's going to make our every day a little bit different. It's going to break the time of that. Um it is the eternal present of the mythical event that makes possible the profane duration of historical events. So because this event is so speci-able, speci-able, special, special, um, special, uh, it makes it possible to where we have this break in time, this break in reality where we can get out of that reality and we can celebrate any reality that we're supposed to that day or any reality that we want to. You know, we all celebrate in different ways. So that's what a feast is for. It's to remember something, to look forward to something and to break the cycle of every day, break that dread of every day, you know. How many of you get excited about waking up at 5? Maybe you're warning people. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've never heard anyone say, wow, 5 a.m., that's my time. Uh, <laughs> so then I, I took it uh, biblically. What are the feasts that Israel celebrates? Um, and they have seven feasts that they celebrate every year. You know, when this time comes around, that's definitely a feast that they're gonna celebrate. Not that they don't have any others, but these are the national feasts that they're gonna celebrate as a community, as a people. Um, the first is that we have is the Feast of the Passover, which we all know about. It's commemorating uh, when the angel of death passed over, the Israelites when they put the blood on the lintel of their doors. Um, and it also commemorates the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, who also we know uh, the lamb was the sacrifice in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, Jesus Christ is that lamb that allowed death to pass over us, uh, the condemnation of sin and death to pass over us to where we weren't convicted of, of that judgment anymore. Um, and the second is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's to commemorate the death and burial of Jesus, so that's why we celebrate or that's why we take communion, this due in remembrance of me. And I know we hear that all the time, but that reference is found in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, verses 23 through 25. And then we have the Feast of the First Fruits, which I did not know was Easter. Um, how did I get raised in church and not know that Easter was the Feast of First Fruits? I have no idea. Um, but that is the, and I, I love this symbol. The Feast of the First Fruits is supposed to celebrate you giving. Your sacrifice, the best that you have, that's your first fruit. That's what you give to the Lord. And it's um, also foreshadowing. It's an anticipation because um, in the second coming, in the resurrection of the Lord, he is the first fruit. Um, and then we as his children are raised right after him. So that's um, commemorating the first resurrection and also anticipating with excitement the second resurrection. Um, and I'm going to read uh, this passage in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 and 23 again. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Um, so this is what it's celebrating, this, these first fruits, this great harvest that is to come of souls, first Jesus than his children, his people, that's us. Um, Fourth feast is the feast of Pentecost, commemorating commemorating the day of Pentecost and the harvest of 3,000 souls. So this one is one that we we wanna remember, we throw back to um, the day of Pentecost when a rushing mighty wing came and filled the house and uh, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, um, like flames of fire um, on cloven tongues. um, And it says that uh, there's this whole passage there, you can't not love it, and it says that they were, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. And what I love about this is, yes, it is considered a commemorative feast, however, for us, that is not necessarily true. That is also, we are also waiting in anticipation for God to fill his people with the Holy Ghost again, amen, and for there to be a great outpouring um, so this one for us is is not just remembering; it's looking forward to the to the future, and that was celebrated 50 days after the Feast of the First Fruits. What I love about this too, um, Jesus not not just Jesus, <laughs> God before Jesus came was um, he told them exactly when they were supposed to celebrate these things. So what I love about celebrating feasts and these holidays is that these aren't something we made up this comes directly from scripture so if you're ever wondering if your feast is necessary or not yes it is praise the lord um he's designed these days for us to to remember and to look forward to to take a step outside of our own lives and to remember all that he's done for us amen Amen. um fifth is the feast of trumpets i love reading about this especially um when you get to Revelation and they talk about the blowing of the seven trumpets, which uh, signals the end time when we're to be raptured. Um, and this is one that's foreshadowing. This is looking forward into the future. We're not commemorating anything. This is one, it's called typological, which means it's it's something we're anticipating. It's something we can't wait for. It's like the suspense is building for those trumpets to sound. Um, and that is found in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Um, And it also mentions this um, in the Bible, that there will be two working in the field. One will be taken and one left behind. That's mentioned in Matthew and Luke. Um, So I know that feasts have this reputation, and I think of it too. You know, Thanksgiving, you think, oh, my goodness, what a feast. A banquet table prepared before me. You think about that ham, and it's so juicy and delicious, and that turkey, and the gravy, and the rolls, and my mom makes the best green bean casserole I've ever tasted in my life, and I can't wait for Thanksgiving, and you know, all the pecan pie, and the pumpkin pie, you look forward to it, but a feast is not about the meal. That's why for the unleavened bread, they took out the leaven, which makes it nice and fluffy, you know, the thing that you love about biscuits, forget it, (laughs) on the Feast of Unleavened Bread, feasts aren't just about eating, and being gluttonous though that's what we enjoy um it's about celebrating something deeper than that celebrating something deeper than ourselves and so it's important to remember and the bible talks about this and we'll touch on it later that when we feast when we celebrate it's not about at all really the pursuit of joy which is here it's temporary so you know that I can't wait for my taste buds to get that, you know. It's not about that, you know. That's just temporary. It's not about feeling good in the moment. This is about a futuristic thing. When we commemorate something, yes, we're remembering the past, but we got to remember to take ourselves aside for a second because if we dwell in that gluttonous, if we revel in the the excitement of a feast then we might lose the reason for the feast and that's what this uh, passage is talking about um, where the one is t- there are two working in the field one is taken, one left behind one one remembered why he was working and the other did it for the pursuit of riches that's what that's talking about so we got to remember why we're why we're feasting um six the feast of atonement which um we haven't We don't really celebrate that yet. That's something we're looking forward to. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ when we will be raptured. And the seventh uh, that the Israelites that the Hebrews still celebrate, the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths, which we know really well. It commemorates the the way that God always cared for the Israelites in the wilderness, um, how he you know, they always, they never had to change shoes, they never had to change clothes, and he always provided a shelter for them, pillar of fire, clouds, you know, he always made a way for them in the wilderness, and that's what that's to commemorate. Um, there's this big long paragraph, I'm just going to kind of jump around, and its it's basically saying why Israel has these festivals, because I think a lot of the times we get into this habit, especially especially in america where we kind of lose the reason for the season you know not just at christmas but in every holiday we don't think about why we do what we do and so this just breaks down why the israelites have their festivals still why are these so 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 important um and it says that they're communal which means you get together you gather together it's to be together um not neglect the the company that the Lord has provided us with, family and friends. Um, So it's to, you know, be a community. It's to commemorate what we've been through, Um, all the trials and the tests, all the good times, all the bad times, to remember those things and, hey, we're still here. Um, It's also uh, typological, which means, yeah, hey, all this stuff happened but I'm looking forward to what's next I can't wait to see what's happening next and you can see that in um, festivals like the Feast of Pentecost and the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Atonement that's very apparent in those types um, those types of feasts Uh, but also it's supposed to be theological which means like for Thanksgiving let's not forget that we're supposed to be thanking the Lord for what he brought us through Uh, for Christmas let's not forget that Jesus Christ was born to die for our sins, you know, in the future. Uh, Easter is about his death, the shedding of his blood, his resurrection. So there's these feasts are supposed to remind us of sin exists, um, judgment exists, but the Lord hath made a way for us to have atonement for those sins. He's prepared a place for us, right? Um, so that's what... These, these festivals to the to the israelites are still for that's why they're so set on celebrating these seven and we have some of those right we we celebrate easter we we insist on celebrating christmas which is wonderful yeah. love it um and uh, and the day of pentecost and palm sunday that's why we we do these things we celebrate <clears throat> memorial day to remember we celebrate labor day thank god we have jobs and thank god there are breaks um so um, those are the purpose for the feast, but uh, there's this another passage on the next page, and it's a passage of scripture found in Isaiah uh, chapter one, verses 11 through 14, and this is, I wanted to get this over with fast because I, I like to focus on the positive here. I'm like my mom, and, and this just, I mean, it does, it's not, doesn't bring you down necessarily, but we all need a little bit of grounding, right? Um, And this passage of scripture is um, uh, found in Isaiah. And it's the Lord saying, what makes you think that I want your sacrifices just as a ritual, pretty much? If I wanted that, then I wouldn't have given you this feast. I would have just said, give me sacrifices, give me sacrifices, give me sacrifices. That's all I want from you. Um, So it's, it's God saying to them, if this is all you have for me, It's not enough. I don't want it Um, because there's more than this. It's supposed to mean more to you than just here it is and I'm done with you. I'm done with you for the year. Here's my sacrifice. Goodbye. It's supposed to mean more than that. And so that's what this passage of scripture is saying it's saying when you come to worship me who asks you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony who doesn't love something beautiful like a beautiful parade or festival you love the music you love the colors and lights but if that's all you've got if it's not for a purpose then it it's no good pretty much and that's what that passage of scripture is saying that it's it's i don't need this from you if this is what you're going to give me then i don't need it forget it um and it literally says, uh, the Lord literally says, I can't stand them. They are sinful and false. So while we're celebrating, while we're feasting, let's not forget the purpose. I mean, Herod um, in the New Testament, he was he was Jewish. He had Jewish ancestry. Um, but the passage below that makes reference to the fact that at a, at a feast, at a festival, uh, he was celebrating and he invited his stepdaughter to dance for the courts and then she got to have whatever she wanted. It's just these passages remind us that if we don't stay grounded in the place that we're supposed to be, we all have potential to get a little bit out of control. We're all susceptible to sin. Um and we can't forget that we have to remember why we feast, why the Lord prepares a table for us, right? And why he's brought us through these things. And so that's what those two passages are saying. So uh, just to cover the purpose of a feast, it's to commemorate. Remember what God has done for us um, in this passage in Acts. There's, obviously, there are several passages in the Bible that mention why we should commemorate, why we need to remember, set aside some time. Um, But this one found in Acts 2, verse 46 says, Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. So while this wasn't a feast, they made it that way by being together and remembering why they were there. And this is talking about the apostles in the New Testament. It's just your everyday meal. However, they made it something more significant than that simply by remembering why they were there, um, and celebrating together. And it says, with gladness and sin- sincerity of heart. How many of us don't want to be sincere when we fake? The kids say, you're fake. That's fake. You can't say that. That's fake. Um, and we don't want that. You know, We don't want to be considered fake. We're Christians. We're supposed to be considered real and true, sincere. Um, so when we celebrate, it needs to be Sincerely. Um, it's to commune and celebrate. And these passages touch my heart so much because how many times has the Lord stood at the door and knocked and invited us to feast at his table when we've said, I'm busy. I'd rather not. I'd rather wallow in my sorrows today. Sorry, God. I don't have time for your feast. Um, but he's literally just standing at the door and knocking. And then, you know, uh, a lot of the times I think about this passage of Scripture found in Luke 5, verses 33 through 35. And it mentions how the Pharisees were judging Jesus for and his disciples for eating together. And he's like, I'm here. I'm here among you. Don't you want to celebrate? This is not the time for fasting or mourning. This is a time of celebration because I'm in your presence. Right? Right? So don't you think he still does that today? Absolutely, right? He's, he's standing there among us and we're like, no, no. Or people are judging us because we're taking the time to feast and celebrate him. You know, don't let the haters get you. That's what, what is it? The haters, and you brush them off, right? Um, And then uh, this other verse in Luke 15, 23 through 24, and it's talking about um, the prodigal son returning home. Bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. I mean, how many times is Jesus just trying to get us to come to the banquet table here? You know, uh, he's bringing people back. He's bringing us here. He's moving in this place like he did tonight, you know, inviting us to feast. Um. It's to remember things. It's to it's to remember that we are not immune to sin. It still exists. It's out there. I sin every day, and that's why Paul said, "I die daily," because he knew that he knew that he had to, because he sinned every day. Um, it's to remind us that forgiveness exists. Trust in God is necessary, and we need to be thankful for Him for rest in the presence of the Lord. How many times do you come in here, and you're like, "Oh." gosh, I don't want to be here right now. And then his presence just surrounds you, and you're like, thank God for some rest, right, in your presence. Um, and then anticipation. I can't tell you how many times does Easter come, and you're like, oh, just so many eggs I have to hide, and, you know, I've got to make these baskets. I've got to have the family over, right? Um But then you remember, he rose and we're going to rise too. You know, how exciting is that? We can't forget where we came from, but we also can't forget where we're going because it's so much better, right? Um, And then this last uh, passage found in Revelation 19.9. Then he said to me, write, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. Aren't you glad that you're invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb? I mean, we are blessed indeed that we have already been invited. How many of our friends and family out there, we know that God has a place for them, but they haven't received their invitation yet, right? They, have, they don't know him yet. They can't receive their invitation because they don't know him. And I, This was. Um, I was reading in Matthew today, and and this this touched me because I know that there are times when it feels like there's no reason to celebrate. How many of you have been in a rut and you're like, forget it. What do I have to celebrate right now? Everything's terrible. I'm surrounded by calamity. I mean, the pastor was talking about the signs of the end time Sunday night and he was listening to all these 10 plagues and you were like, oh, Jesus, is that really what this world is coming to right now? Did any of you feel that way? I was just so upset by it all. Um, and I missed the anticipatory part of his coming, but I, I was dwelling on the on the plagues. But it there are times in life when you're, You're plagued by fear. You're plagued by despair and hopelessness. There's no way out. Everything that could go wrong is going wrong. Family's messed up. Friends are jerks. Um, God, where are you? Uh, The waves are beating against me, and I don't see a way out. And every time uh, I think of that, I look at Psalms 23, the all-encompassing feast of the Lord that David saw ahead of time. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. When everything's going wrong, guess he has got a feast right there waiting for you? When you can't prepare it because you don't have time or energy, everything's going wrong, you don't have to. There's a feast already ready for you if you'll just respond to it. If you'll just show up and sit at the table, it's right there for you. Praise the Lord for that. And then he gives us this opportunity. Not only have I prepared a feast for you, in the presence of terror and dread and everything going wrong. But I get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's my feast forever. Nobody can take me from that banquet table, right? And uh, what I read today that convicted me so much was this last passage. It's the parable of the great feast. And Jesus is telling a parable to the Pharisees because they're, they're trying to trap him, right? Why are you eating with tax collectors and sinners shouldn't you be eating with godly people that's who you came for right and he tells this parable he says the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son when the banquet was ready he sent his servants to notify those who were invited but they all refused to come So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he invited ignored him and went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business, going back to my own every day, my own work, because I don't want your festival. I don't want your feast. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. And the king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests, for many are called, but few are chosen. I don't want God to prepare a banquet table for me and me miss out because I'm too busy. Because my problems are too big. We can't forget the feast that he's prepared for us, not just on Easter and Christmas and Thanksgiving. He prepares a feast for us every single day. And if we don't stop, for a second and just listen to him. We're going to miss our invitation. We're going to miss the knock at the door. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be me. Because the same thing's going to happen when the trumpet sounds. And if we're not listening, we're not going to be ready. So let's get ready now. God has invited you here for a feast. He knows exactly what you need. The Bible says that he is the bread and the wine. That his word is meat let's not miss the opportunity to feast in the presence of the Lord tonight whatever you need I believe that he has it for you here tonight so if you have a need why don't you come down here and go ahead and tell him whatever you need and I know he will give it to you because he is good and he's merciful to feed his people amen let's worship together
1: oh I feel I'm just so far from you, Lord. But still I hear you calling me those simple things that I once knew. The memories are drawing me. face, I've been blessed, and yet, yet my soul's not satisfied, renew my faith, restore my joy, and dry, dry my weeping eyes. Take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back, take me back, dear Lord, where I